Hey, this is Chavo Burrow Jr. and you're listening to Pro Wrestling for Life. Welcome to Pro Wrestling for Life, everyone. I am your host, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, X-Pac. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to bring in Nick Houseman, my co-host right now. What's up, Nick? Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for having me back, man. Episode two. I think we, we nailed yeah. it. Episode one. We have, we have a high bar to get over here. Yeah, very high bar. Yeah, very yeah. high. If, if there's any, anybody who knows about high and, and you know, I don't want to say bars because um, different man now, you know. Rim uh, shot. Um, but no, Sean, I'm, I'm stoked, man. We got a, a lot of great feedback on the first episode there with Rick um, and Justin Barrasso. And, uh, you know, we got a great lineup here today. I mean, in a little bit, fans are going to get to hear uh, a part of your interview uh, with Chavo Guerrero, two of the, the best cruiserweights, uh, I think that people would argue of that, that era right there. Yes. Um, I enjoyed talking to Chavo because, like, it's been a long time. And, but, you know, like I mentioned it in, 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 the, in the conversation, you might right. hear it part of um, me say, like, we, you know, we travel up and down the road with each other unless we're in a car, you know, like driving for hours. A lot of times we never get to have conversations that long. Yeah. You know, like sitting in the locker room, you're talking to a lot of different people. And it's just like when I really think about it, not as many of those long conversations, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because you guys kind of roll in like similar circles now because you're like in Hollywood and have Hollywood friends. And he's very, very active, obviously, in Hollywood right now as well. Yeah, sure. Except for like um, he's actually in the the film and TV industry, right? Like, and I'm just kind of, you know, I live in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> of Hollywood, got it. Yeah, right. and I go to the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Sunset. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, cool. Well, I understood none of those references, but someday I will. Um, well, after that, obviously, we're going to get the latest journalist on here, notable journalist to talk to you about part of your career. Uh, this week, we have a Busted Open Radio's David LaGreca in the house, and you guys have an awesome conversation about the night that DX invaded WCW. Yes. And, you know, the, the thing about I like about uh, this combo with Dave is, you know, I've talked about that night before, but, um, you know, uh, during my conversation with Dave, like, uh, you know, it brought up some new things like that, you know, uh, I might not have mentioned before when I was told the story, you know in the past. So yeah, yeah I hope dude. everyone enjoys it. Well, you know, last week we ran the poll. I think you were surprised. It was like pretty 50, 50 people were really uh, as interested in hearing the kind of retro storytelling as they were to hear you yeah. talk to somebody like Ric Flair. I know that kind of surprised you a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure like Nate came up from behind though and, and uh, eked out the win. Yeah. He if did. I had to guess, but it was still like, I was like, Oh my God, yeah. people really want to hear me. Talk about that stuff still. <laughs> we got a lot of stories to tell, a lot of road to hoe. And yeah. like the end of this show ends with, I think, the best piece of content that we've really, I mean, the Rick, Rick Shavo, we got another huge interview next week. We'll, we'll reveal later. I mean, that stuff is all wonderful, but the tic tac toe hold that you host that's going to end the show here today, I think it's just, I think it's just some, I think it's the best thing we've done, Sean. The best thing you really, I do. Wow. I mean, I, mean, I, th- I, th- I believe you're, you're not bullshitting me right now. It was I, fun. It was fun doing it, you know, but you know, I just, you know, I'm hoping that people enjoy it as much as you and I did. 
expected. <laughs> I, I don't think they do. Well, the thing that is so great about this, Sean, is like the, the game is great, and you've got uh, we've got uh, what is Gerard and EJ. Yes. And these guys are both people who are like, we have this $5 Patreon tier right now, and that's who we pick people from to come and play these games on now. So they're part of the community, and this is this is like one of the ways we're coming up with for you to get to engage, you know, these this Patreon community and give them these yes. these once in a lifetime kind of experiences. And being on Tic Tac Toe Hold, I mean, it's definitely an experience. It's a oh, really yeah. it's a fun thing, you know. Yeah, I I don't know if you can tell, but and kind of it's the same when I do uh, meet and greets. Like I don't know if you can tell, but like I really really enjoy interacting with people. You know, I know you. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great, man, having that connection. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things about being me, honestly. Just walking down the street. Oh, my God, you're X-Pac, right? And people think yeah. That. yeah, yeah, crazy enough. Some people still, like, even though, like, I, I don't look quite the same as I used to, you know, a little <laughs> bit less hair and other things, but I, people still recognize me. It's crazy, Nick. Well, you're, you're very famous. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're coming up with all these new experiences. And like, you know, if you like the Shabu interview here today, we always plan on recording for like 20-ish minutes for the show. And we've just been going long. So we're taking these much yeah. longer versions of the interviews. It's all just $5. You get uh, the full-length interview. You get an ad-free version of this show in audio and video form. And Sean, I've been slowly over the past week, I'm moving all of the X-Pac 12360 content over to the Patreon. We have over 50 of your interviews there. They've been pulled from YouTube. They're only on the Patreon now. And dude, like the laundry list of people that you have talked to in the last two, three years, it's incredible, man. Your archives, oh, yeah. your archives run deep, man. Very they deep. They do. <laughs> they really do, right? Yeah. I mean, you name it just about. Just You'll about find everything. them in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you want these interviews, you want more interview content, you want more Sean, you want... and. We're going to be rolling out more interactive opportunities here this month. It's just five bucks over at the Pro Wrestling for Life uh, Patreon page. All right. Well, we're not, we're done chilling. We're done. Let's talk about the news, man. We talk about yes. how people, uh, they see you as a famous person. They want to get photos with you. What do you think about the celebrity uh, influence this year at WrestleMania? How do you think Bad Bunny uh, has carried himself so far? Mm. Yeah. How did you know I wanted to talk about Bad Bunny? I, I just felt it. My, I felt it in my cockles, in my subloids. Oh. We're just connecting energy-wise, Sean. It's the mind, the mind-to-mind communication. It's the mind meld. Yeah. No. Yeah. What What do you think about Bad Bunny, man? Hey, so I think he's done. Like you know, it's just speaking. Uh, I'm just going to comment on the stuff that that they did on Raw. Um, for us, it was last night. Right. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, you know, he was really good in that in-ring segment, talking, you know, and yeah. some of it was in Spanish, but it wasn't too much. Like, um, uh, he came off really, really well. Uh, and, and so did Priest. People already know I'm a big uh, supporter of Damian Priest. Um, so I'm a little bit biased, but um, I, my credibility's on the line as well. So I don't just, like, show for people that don't deserve it. Yeah. So, um um, I, I enjoyed it, man. If the thing is, is if I were them, I would not like just automatically assume that, uh, the people are going to pick Miz and Morrison as the heels and bad bunny and priest as the baby faces. Like, I think there's going to be some mixed like, uh, reactions. I think some people are going to be with Miz and Morrison. 
Yeah. And it's not because it's not because they haven't done a really good job, but it's just, man, I just kind of you know how people are these days, man. Yeah, well, you know, and the other thing we I know we we wanted to talk about was the breakup of the hurt business. And kind of on that note, like I think I feel like the hurt business breaking up or the implosion or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Here, I mean, what what do you first of all? What are your thoughts on on what? I just don't get it, man. No? I don't understand it. Uh, I just it. I just don't understand the reasoning behind it. I yeah. it just they it really um those guys were good as part of I mean they're they're great just in general, uh Cedric and, and Shelton, but man, this really, you know, uh new shot in the arm for them and um I just don't understand. Did you understand the reasoning? Was there was there a reason given? Well, I, here's what I think is happening because I think it plays into what you were just saying about Miz and Morrison maybe getting cheered. It's like you haven't had a, your your product in front of fans for like a for like a year, realistically, That's right. right? So if the I mean, look, as great as Lashley has been, and like fans like seem to genuinely be connecting with this guy, you yes. know what I mean? Like if you're if the end game here. Is that you knew you want to give Drew McIntyre this big win over a heel at WrestleMania and get that moment back that he lost last year? This all kind of feels to me like we just want to load the deck as much as we can for people to make sure they hate Lashley. They want to boo this guy. That's the only logic I could put to it, you know? Okay. I get that. But I mean, I just I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it, you know, and it's not my show. I'm not the I'm not the writers i'm not i'm not the boss you know um and you know different people have different visions you know i just man not a fan of the decision man and i know uh i you know from what i gather um those like most people involved weren't yeah no it it sounds like that you know yeah so would you would you like to see Lashley take this title then beyond WrestleMania? I mean, like I said, I feel like it's a foregone conclusion that, that Drew takes this thing from Bobby, but I don't know what your pulse says on this thing right now. Well, I mean, you know, they have it might have been in the plans the whole time, and you know, sometimes plans change. Who knows? So yeah, I wouldn't just automatically assume what's gonna happen at WrestleMania between those two. Uh, because um I just I just think this uh this whole uh, Bobby Lashley, you know, hurt business title like run, I think has been a success. hundred you know? percent. Yeah. 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 And um, you just, the, the only problem is it's like when you set, when you set Drew up, you know, to where he has to come through, like, and, and then he doesn't, man, it might, you know, take some of the wind out of the sails. You know, kind of like you remember when we were talking about uh, with Lex, you know, oh, I think oh, I'm, I'm giving away something. And, you know, you're giving away from, your guest is that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> sorry. everyone. No, no, that's fine. no, but like, seriously, like when, when Lex, did, when Lex didn't um, uh, come through at SummerSlam 93, that hurt. Like, I mean, you needed to. So I don't know if. If if this is an exact comparison, but like it, it might be an issue if if Drew doesn't come through. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar, 
and junk that you really shouldn't eat. Yeah, totally. I mean, and Sean, like you're a high level athlete. I mean, I'm sure you like want to enjoy cereal, but like you don't want to put, you know, all that sugar and stuff into your system, right? Yeah. And like, right these days, Nick, um, I'm really conscious about what I put in my body as far as food and everything. Uh, and, um, like I try to, I try to, um, I try to eat like a, uh, paleo or kind of a keto ish type of diet, you know, not real, not like super strict, but like, I'm, I'm just really mindful of it. And, uh, man, this magic spoon, man, <laughs> I'm freaking. I'm in heaven with this stuff, man. I, I know you are. Like, that's the thing is you told me, because like we got this a couple days ago. You told me that you got the magic spoon and then you enjoyed it. And then yes. it, was, it like disappeared. Is that what you Yeah. Did? Like I literally just a couple minutes ago, I had to go upstairs and get this from where I hid it for my <laughs> wife. I had to hide because my wife's just like me. She, she tries to watch what she eats and, you know, yeah. similar, uh, similar diet to mine. And uh, I came up and all my magic, just about all my magic spoon was gone. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, there was some serious heat in the household over that. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, we want to tell our sponsor, great sponsor, Magic Spoon. Yeah, we love the product. It won't ruin your relationship. I don't know if we can say that is like a health anecdote, but it, it shouldn't. I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is really good stuff. I mean, great flavors at zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, uh, only four net grams of carbs in each serving and yeah. only 140 calories a serving. That's really good, Sean. For considering how it tastes, Dude. it's, um, it's amazing, Nick. Yeah. It's no. amazing, man. Like, especially if, if you haven't had any of this type of stuff in a while, like if you're being pretty strict on your diet, uh, and you don't, you don't cheat, man, you'll feel like you're cheating when you eat this. Like, honestly, you feel like you're doing something wrong when you eat it. It's yeah. that damn good. Yeah. I mean, and you talk about how good it is for your diet. I mean, a keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, uh, GMO free. And yep. what we got, Sean, is what everybody out there right now can try as well. The variety pack. So you get yes. four different flavors. You get cocoa, fruity, frosted and peanut butter, which is the one I have right now. And I've been munching yes. on before we did this spot. Yes. My favorite are, are the fruity ones there. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what. Uh, what brand uh, cereal? I'm, I don't want to name. You know, I don't, can I name up Fruit Loops? Sure, they taste a lot like Fruit Loops, man. Okay, got I've it. Made just as good. Yeah, just as okay. good. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Yeah, and like they told us in the, in the copy here to yeah. try putting the cocoa and the peanut butter together and yeah. make like your own kind of like mix cereal. Did you do it? Oh, I did it, Sean. And yeah. It, really good it's nice. just a peanut butter cup you know nice and you know like i don't i don't drink milk anymore so uh like i either use like an almond milk or like um earlier i used oat milk with mm -hmm. it so and, and it's amazing even with like almond milk oat milk uh cashew any of that stuff so yeah, like yes man if you're like if, if if you don't use dairy like just throw some coconut milk or almond milk in there with it it's amazing um, hey, so yeah anyways hey so um anyone, anyone uh that's listening or watching right now wants, wants to give magic spoon a try i highly recommend it highly recommend it uh if you do uh go to magicspoon.com slash pro 
That's magicspoon.com slash P-R-O to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code PRO, P-R-O, at checkout to save $5 off your order. Yeah. Five bucks, man. Gone. Yep. Off, off of it. You get to try it, and it's $5 gone. You don't even need yep. it. And, and, and Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Man, that's good. That's customer service I can believe in, Sean. Yep. 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 Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash P-R-O and use the code P-R-O to save $5 off. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, Of course, we want to thank you again, Magic Spoon. Uh, for coming on and sponsoring Pro Wrestling for Life. I love Magic Spoon. Like, this isn't just, hey, it's not just uh, we have a sponsor. Like, I legit love this shit, man. It is so good. I hope everyone gives it a shot. You know, well, you're coming from from WWF at the time yeah. and WCW. And now I didn't see it too much because I was just working my way up to the ranks. But you know, Eddie Benoit, Malenko, those guys were really established guys. They were they were pretty good, and they wanted to move up the ladder, and they weren't allowed to. You know, not that right. weren't allowed to. Look, you got you had guys. Yeah, but you guys, know, the people that are there, that's just how it goes. Always had you try to you know, yeah. even if it's not like consciously trying to hold people down you're trying to hold on to your spot right exactly so that's what happens. So I, I don't get I, I don't i don't blame anybody it just that's the way wcw was wcw was like certain guys worked with certain guys and everybody else you know kind of worked with everybody else you were awesome because you worked with everybody you worked with yeah. you know but see you saw and that's you know and then one thing i said about about brett hart so brett when he came in as the man from you know after the screw job and everything from wwe yeah. WWF came into to um, to Nitro, and everybody had their own dressing room. We had you know Hogan and and you know Paul and Nash had theirs. Yeah. Um, you know Goldberg has his. Lex and Sting had theirs. Well, Brett came in, and he's you know if anybody could have had his own dressing room it was Brett. Brett he he dressed with us all of you know all of us in our big dressing room. So years later, I asked him, I go, hey man, why did you why didn't you get your own dressing room? And he goes you guys were the ones having really good matches. I want to be close to you guys exactly. just in case we had to work. And I yeah. said, that's smart, man. Hey, actually, but, Scott and Kev didn't have dressing rooms in their own contract. So what we did was, like, we would see Macho Man, like yeah. Hulk. We would just go in theirs. That's awesome. You, and they wouldn't what? say anything. So, like. You guys, dude, you guys. <laughs> and that's one thing, you know, like, I, I love about, about Kev and, and Scott that – they just did what they wanted to do. That was that was that was when wrestling was still wrestling, you know. And uh, it was awesome, man. I I as much as as many times as I wanted to break a bottle over Scott Hall's head, oh, <laughs> I I still look back at it and go, man, it was cool because those guys, man, they they did it their way. I learned a lot from them. Yeah, yeah. I was just um, like just think still thinking about the the match we had with Scott on the floor. Look, man, you're talking about me working with. Everybody, I like to have a match with everyone. Right, me too. You know, because yeah. it was important for me. Like some guys would just go out, and it was like, okay, it's it's a get over match. And right. They would just go out in the old school, like, like no man, that's boring, and it's not entertaining TV. 
No. So but, it was always really important to me to to make the match entertaining, you know. Yeah, the, the years of the the WWF superstar show that was just squash squash yeah. matches all the time, that was over, you know. So I always wanted to have at least some kind of match in there. You know, I, I get it. You gotta build some people sometimes. And if someone's going for the belt, you know, the guy's gotta look strong. But you know, I love to have matches with people and actually we, we were good workers. We were able to, yeah. you, you know, you're a great worker. You could have a match with anybody. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. I just, you know? it, it was, and I think kind of, I was talking to, to Flair the other day mm-hmm. and it's, it reminds me of his TV matches. He was one of those guys that like, he would go out there with Mike Jackson or like right. any of those guys. Like, um, and Mike Jackson was great in the right. ring stuff, right. but, Right. But I'm saying, like he would, he would put his foot on the ropes to pin the guy. Like he was just like, you know, like, and he would give them stuff. And I just, the I Flair just, man, bro. I remember watching Flair as a kid and being in in the dressing room and watching him in different territories. And I was I was convinced whoever he was wrestling was going to beat him. And to the last second, yes. he'd pull it out every single the hour Broadway, right? The hour they, you know, they were they had the you know the very last second. I remember. And I asked, I asked Scott, uh, I mean, I asked uh, um, Rick about this and he remembered the guy's name. So there was a guy named Scott something in the Florida territory. And he was, had a real good body, kind of a shorter guy, kind of a little bit bigger nose, but in the Florida, Florida territory. I don't remember. Scott, Scott McGee. Scott he McGee. Beat, he, yeah, I was there. He put him over and then he, he worked around the horn with him. Right, right, right. Yeah. So Scott, so he, he was supposed to work Dusty or something like that and Dusty was hurt or something happened. So he worked Scott. I was convinced Scott he, he had it, and the very last second, I think you know, you know, Rick put his foot on the ropes hey, or whatever. You were there, yeah. Oh, because you're because my dad, right, my dad, dad. Hector. my dad, yes. Hector. see, because like that was I was around then too. I was going to ask you about that because yeah. I remember, I remember Eddie being around. I used to see Eddie as a young, yeah. as a yeah. young guy, like with yeah. Hector and your dad. And so, and you were there too. I was going to ask you if you were around for any of that. Yeah. So this is the story with that is that, so, you know, Eddie and I grew up with that wrestling ring in our backyard and we wanted to be wrestlers and that, that was it. That There was no, you know, anything else that we wanted to do. We always just wanted to be wrestlers. Um, and it wasn't for the fame or money or whatever. It was just because that was what we did. That's what the Guerreros did. We were just wrestlers. We didn't even think about anything else that came along with it. So Eddie and I, in the summer of 84, we went and spent the whole Florida, I mean, the whole summer in Florida Championship Wrestling with yeah. my dad and Hector because they were tag teaming as the Alamo Busters or something. So um, we spent just about, you know, two months. I was just going into my freshman year. Eddie was like maybe his senior year. Uh, so, you know, I was like, you know, 13, 14. He was, you know, 16, 15, 16. And uh, you know, we wanted to be wrestlers before, but then we spent the entire summer with my dad and Hector and, yeah. you know, we would, uh, you know, steal their beer and they'd take us to, to town to town. And we, we had our own little rats in every little town too, you know, uh, bro, after that summer, there was no way we weren't going to be wrestlers. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I bet. That's why I fell in love with, with was, yeah. was that era of Florida wrestling. I'm so well, imagine I bumped into you around there. I just uh, didn't even know it. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. When that yeah. was when Barry was there, right? Barry and a young yeah. Kendall was just kind of hanging around here and there, right? Kendall, yeah. Kendall Wyndham. Um, God, you know, there was some, uh, Mike Graham and Black Bart and uh, yeah. Ron Bass. And, was, yeah. Like I remember you, you're, um, 
your dad and Hector used to work like they would have a U.S. tag title feud with like Billy Jack and Wahoo. Yeah, yeah, guys like that. Hey, you were you were in the audience, right? In Tampa, I think was it Tampa when your dad shit his pants. When he shit his pants, yeah, 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 you were there, right? (laughs) I was. I didn't. I didn't want to ask you about it. I was like, how do I bring that up? (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, totally. I was there too, and. Uh, was I there? Yeah, I was there. And I remember, and I said, remember, there's a, my dad has a picture of, it. I found it somewhere, but it has an actual picture of it. <laughs> and you were there. That's awesome. I don't know how many people know that story. Is that a yeah. famous story? Well, yeah. Well, because <laughs> I mean, every, every one of us has done it some way, but you know, yeah, I know I have. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he, really did i mean he like he, he, yeah, yeah yeah you could see it you know through through bolt you know old school tights where was the tights and the trunks over were over them you know yeah so and they he, were like gray right they gray, were great gray. Yeah. they're just solid, solid great tights yeah and he got slammed by billy jack or something and you know yeah. Billy jack was so strong gassed up and just threw him through the mat and sure enough boom <laughs> he's walking around with a big stain on his ass wow that's so funny man <laughs> i'm know, glad man. you brought that up <laughs> yeah man Wow. Hey, so, um, sorry, I'm having a little brain part here, but you know, so like when I went, when I went back, um, you know, I got fired all that and I went back to WWE. Which which time? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I actually technically only got fired once. Really? Yeah. You you switched companies like 15 times. What the heck? (laughs) Yeah. Like, so when I left WWE, up to come yeah. to wcw right like originally i was supposed to be the first guy but yeah. i let my oh. contract roll over yeah you remember how they had those 90 day you had yeah. to you had to give your notice 90 days before your contract was up or it automatically rolled over oh wow okay that happened to me so oh, i ended really? up like i was stuck there right yeah and like yeah so and then like i anyways i ended up having to go to rehab and yeah like, yeah i was just a mess and so i i give like i I'm grateful to Eric, man. Cause like after, after that, like, you know, my stock, you know, just coming out of rehab, it's not like, right. you know, he still gave me a decent deal and, right, right. Uh, you know, we had to come in. So, um, but Eric's the only one that technically ever fired me. Really? Yeah. 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 That's funny. Yeah. He, he, I learned a lot from Eric, man. And there was, and there was times. I like, that, I like Eric. I like Eric a lot too. I've worked with him on different projects after wrestling, to be honest. But, um, you know, as much as I didn't like it, you know, cause he'd check you sometimes, especially the younger guy. Oh, I didn't like him at the time. I just, I like yeah. him now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he would let, you know, he would let, you know, um, you know, Lex get away with certain things, you know, and you know, Hall and Nash, of course. And we, you know, of course, couldn't, and he'd check us on certain things as much as I didn't. I learned a lot. I learned a lot yeah. from him. I really did. And he's, you know, he's a smart guy. You start talking about wrestling guy. He's got a pretty high wrestling IQ, you know? You know, um, I, I tried to like, you know, um, have a relationship with, with a lot of different guys, not just hang out with, you know, um, of course. him and Scott, like, like we would have afterwards, we would have, like get togethers and like all the luchadors would come up and we'd all, you know, right. You know, whatever. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We had a great time, but like I was oblivious because we were just doing our thing and we were, you know, like getting our way and life was great for us, man. Honestly, Chavo, I was oblivious to the, to the resentment that there might've been like in the locker room for us, man. And I understand it now, you know, I get it. You know, there, there, uh, there wasn't, at least with us, 
there wasn't really too much resentment towards you. You were always super cool. And, and we, we got, we, we, you know, we, we saw what it was. There was a little resentment at times to, to big Kev and now me and Kev are, we're, we're close. I mean, we hang out totally. He's, he's a good dude. But there was a times because I get it now because I wasn't in their spot. They came in, they were fighting for their spots too. And they were battling the powers that be and they're battling whoever it be, whether it be Hogan or Mach or whatever. And they're just trying to get their thing. So I get why they were, they're disgruntled a little bit and their thing. Yeah. So at this time it's, it's, it's a different, it was different back then, man. You know, we, you're not, I wasn't privy to what they were going through, you know? So sure. Now, as we get older and older in business now, it's like, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter. Everybody was cool and you know, whatever. I, I, I get it now. Yeah. Well, I, I, I felt like everyone was way cooler to, to me, maybe us in general, I can only speak for myself. Right. Right. Then we were as a roster to you guys coming in after WWE bought, you know, bought WCW and then that, that kind of that, you know, the right. rosters got combined right. and, you know, like, how did that feel, man? Coming in the door like that. Did you feel like all oh, everyone's like waiting to jump on you for any freaking thing you do? You know, I didn't see it too much. I, I think because I had Eddie already there. You well, know, you're so, a yeah. yeah, possibly, but I didn't see it too much. I know I was still green and young, but one thing that Eddie did tell me, he's like, Hey man, I think Jericho told me too. He's like, anything you've done over there, remember, you know, and I'd only been there four years, you know, in the business, whatever. Um, he said, that's gone. You have, you're starting fresh here. You a new audience. Do I get, yes, it's wrestling, but these guys have maybe not watched a WCW, so they won't know what you're doing. So you get to start fresh, but you're starting fresh. It's a good and a bad. So I didn't, you know, I didn't get it too much. I was pretty good. I saw there was some, a lot of jealousies that people like, um, you know, DDP got it for sure. Uh, like Mike awesome. And those guys, those big dudes. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it too much because, and I think maybe some of the ladies that came over with you sure. kind of had it tough too, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, like look you. at, look at Bagwell, I mean, you know, maybe beat the crap out of him, you know, and sometimes rightfully so with, with Mark, uh, I love him to death, but, uh, you know, they, you know, you, you got to pay your dues a little bit yeah. again and it is what it is. You know, I got like trouble. We, we had this mentality that we knew what we were doing and like the, we try not to sound like a dick, but no, tell yeah, me. Like no, you're saying, Oh, what you did there doesn't, doesn't mean anything, but like, it's kind of true. That's kind of the mentality we had, whether yeah. it was right or wrong. Like, you know, we thought, Oh, we know what we're doing. And there's just, you know, right, country right. Club down there. well, you know, and you'd been there. So you, you know, you, you got it, but it was kind of true. You know, when I went from WCW and then to WWF, I saw, how a wrestling company should be run. How did that? Yeah, I was going to, how is that? How was that for you coming in the door? Well, it was different because I saw the buck stopped with one guy. The buck stopped with Vince McMahon. What he said goes, and that's the way it was. There was really no boss in WCW. You know, even Eric had to answer to people. And then when Eric was gone, there was really no boss. You know, when Bill Bush came in and other people came in, there was, we didn't have a boss. I remember one time at Nitro, they, they held the show up. Maybe it was a smack, uh, um, my smack dad, like thunder or something, but they held the show up because you had, uh, um, 
David um, Crockett. David oh, Crockett. Crockett. Oh, Crockett. David, David Crockett, head of production, right? He was arguing with booking, and they were arguing about something, and they stopped. They didn't even start the show for like thirty minutes late because they were they couldn't agree on on what to do, and you know everybody was trying to you know there was a pissing contest basically, and I was like, God, these guys are acting like kids. There's there's, a, there's a people out there waiting to go to start the show. So then when we got to WWF. You saw how a, how a show is supposed to run. Remember yeah. in WCW, everybody, all the departments kind of did their own thing. You know, I remember when when um, with the girl that was ahead of um, of the merchandise, and she you know was saying hi to, to to Nash, and Nash was like, "Well, why should I say hi to you? You've cost wow. me hundreds of thousands of dollars." And she's like, "What are you what are you talking about?" She's like, "You should have had. I mean, if this was WWE, I would have made a hundred, you know, two hundred more thousand dollars because they would have pushed a certain, you know, a." a certain agenda and certain, you know, merchandise and stuff. So you saw it and then going to WWF, that's, you know, that's the way it was, you know, certain people had a good, you know, if like Booker T and stuff, he comes in, he was respected, you know, he was, a good, yes. he, you, all, you all knew he was a good worker. He was, and he got even better and better, you know, guys like, you know, Eddie and Chris and stuff. They, they still had a, you know, they had a show what they're made of, you know, and, and they're, they had to fit in. Yeah. You yeah. really did, but it, but that's like anything. It's like going from a you know one football team to another football team. They don't they don't care what you've done. It's like let's see what you do, what you're gonna do now. Yeah, I I want. Did it feel like you were being traded to another team, like against you, like kind of like an NFL player? I uh, like, hey, I got no say so in this. What the? In a sense, you know, there was only 19 contracts picked up. Remember, and I was one yeah. of them. Thank God. So. But I was still young, man. And like I, w I wasn't really worried. I was like, well, I just go to Japan. I'll go to, you know, you know, naive. I'll go Russell in Mexico, whatever. And you know, really, I, I could have been out of a job like a whole lot of people that never really wrestled again. You know, indie circuits weren't what they were now. You know, so it, it, you, we lucked out. We really lucked out going there and then being able to perfect my craft and get better and better and better. You know, it took me. It's funny because this business, it takes you. I, 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 when I did like do a seminar or something, I always tell people that this is such a art, an art form. It takes five years to kind of know what you're doing and another five to really know what you're doing. You don't need, and that's you're, if you're, that's if you're working regularly. Yeah. You're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I that's what I told them. I go, I was working 300 days a year, you know, 280, 300 days a year, the highest levels there. It took me five years before I felt like I knew what I was doing. And then another five. So, that's looking at a uh, 3000 matches before I had people like, you know, flair would stop me and say, Hey man, great match or stone cold. Hey, really good match. That's 10 years in 10 years yeah. before I really started getting my, the respect from my peers who really matter, you know, fans, you know, sometimes we're just like, you know, they cheer you or boo you or whatever, but that, you know, your, your peers, that, that makes all the difference in the world. That was always like the, the thing that meant the most to me and and i don't mean this as a slight to the to the fans because right, i'm like incredibly grateful i, I love them i feel right. like the connection with them Absolutely. but it's just a different type of thing man like when your peers respect you man it's when you yeah. got when you got like you, the, like your respect of your peers when you walk in the locker room and you got guys who've been in the business for a long time and want to work with you because they see your work and the respect you work yeah. that means that means a lot like sometimes, sometimes like if, if things aren't going well creatively, cause like creative satisfaction is highly underrated. Like right. to me, it's almost as important as the money. Sure. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And, and absolutely. like when, when things aren't going 
for you all creatively, man, a person can be miserable. And that, the respect for your peers is sometimes one of the only things keeping you going, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, they can pay you what you want, but if you're, if you're not happy, man, I mean, I, when I left wrestling, when I finally left WWE, I, I had wanted to leave for about three years before that. I just was not happy what was going on there. And, you know, but you got, you know, wife and kids and mortgages yeah. and, you know, college funds and stuff. When I finally quit, I was, I was so happy. I was so happy, you know, then, then you have to deal with going back to real life and that kind of stuff. But man, I was just like, Oh, like a weight lifted off of me. And I had just gotten a raise. I had just gotten a raise yeah. and I still quit. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I just, like, I remember like after I left there, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen you for, for quite a while. Right. And, um, and then I, I ran into you down at, uh, um, in Mexico city and you were the ECW champion. It was, right. was it you, it was either. I think one time you were ECW champion yeah, down there, and one yeah. time Matt Matt Hardy was. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah. But um, how was how was that for you, man? Was the, the 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 ECW title run? How'd you feel about it? You know, that was I liked it because so Eddie and I when we when we were growing up, we you know we always pretended we were the tag team champions of the world. We yeah. always pretended we always would take my dad and my uncle Hector, uncle Mondo's belts and, and pretend that we were the tag team champions. So when we actually became the tag team champions, we, you know, at, in Madison square garden of all places against, yeah. it was like um, at a pay-per-view against Benoit and angle and Ray and edge. So it was like a three-way dance, but that was like, like pinnacle. We, 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 we made it. Then we had to set other goals for ourselves. So we both made the goals of becoming heavyweight champions. Of course, Eddie became a, a WWE or whatever that name of that champion was, that chip on, on, on SmackDown. And then um, they had me starting to work in, the, in doing some stuff in ECW, and CM Punk was the champ there, and he asked to work with me. So I guess from what I understand the story, this is what I'm hearing from Jericho knew the, um, the ins and outs. Originally, they were going to put the belt on Shelton, Shelton Benjamin, yeah. and uh, Vince changed his mind and said, you know, Chavo's having really good matches with Punk, and we're going to take the belt off of Punk, put him a different way, and keep him as a champion. So it was pretty cool, man. It was it was cool to see it, and, you know, then from there, I worked with Kane and some other guys, and that was awesome. Hey, so how, tell me, you talk about a challenge, right? Because you and I are, like, on the smaller side, right. you know, right. uh, for, for WWE, man. I love my Matt. I loved working with Glenn, with, right. with Kane. Um, so I love, he's my favorite partner. And yeah. we, I really enjoy working with him, you know. Right. But man, were you the heel? Yeah. Yeah, man. man. So, yeah. So the way that worked, <laughs> you know, when you first start working with Clint, with Kane or with, with Taker, you just shut up and listen, right? Until they start, they have a little confidence in you and then you start interjecting, right? And then and before you know it, Sometimes as a heel, they're letting you lead the match. So Kane, he and I, we got kind of really, really good together that after and we, we just had some really good matches together. So when we got done, I, I got a really good compliment from um, Arn Anderson one time, you know, and he's got that little, his little gimp hand and comes over yeah. to you and he's like, hey, child, he goes, junior, come here. He goes, you understand that at first, when you first come out against Kane, you know, they, they're like the size difference. And they're like, there's no way. But by the end of the match, they believe that you're going to beat them. They believe yeah. it because of their chat and chat. And then you break, he rises from the dead and finally puts you down. 
he goes, you guys, you guys got it going on. So that was really, really cool of Arn. I hear from Arn, but Glenn was just so, just a pleasure to work with, man. He was so good. But like on top of him already being, you know, almost yeah. seven feet tall and over 300 pounds, right. he's doing that, that gimmick, so, man, where you just keep getting up. And so like for me, the, the key to working with him and right. guys like him was fi- yeah. figuring out creative ways for them to stop themselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. anybody else, you want them to sell. Like if you and I were working, I'd get you down. Then you would sell and then we'd start getting it. Well, they're, they're like, they're a monster. Him and take are monsters. They're not normal. So you have to stay on them. You cannot stop. You got as a heel in that match. You have to be in such great shape because you're bumping all over the ring for them. But then when they're selling, you got to stay on them. Yes. You can't stop, you know? And we had it to where, I mean, it was, you know, I was trying everything to get them down, you know, like, in in a normal match, I'm not going to show my size next to a big guy. But him, the very first thing I would do as soon as he walked in the ring, you know, I would stay up on the top rope until the, the 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 bell. I would run right up to him and show the size difference. I mean, I barely went to his like belly button, basically. Yeah. I would show that, and the whole place would be like, like, oh, he would choke slam <laughs> me. I'd drop behind him and powder, right? And then it'd be the whole time like me trying to like I try to shoot him off the ropes. He'd hold on, pull me over the rope. Um, finally, he'd come back. I'd be on the ground. He'd reach over, grab me, yank me to the apron, turn around. I'd hot shot him. He'd come down. He'd, you know, I'd dive on him. He'd catch me. God, we just had such great, great chemistry, man. Just the big man, small man. He, he really got it. Yeah, man. It was awesome. But I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up because not a lot of people understand the, the challenge Mm -hmm. that comes with being, uh, uh, a, a heel on the on the smaller side and right. having to having to do that with these big with these bigger guys man well everybody was bigger than us exactly <laughs> you, know, so you had to do it no matter what but i i like that i i love that the size difference the the underdog you know gets the big guy and you know our i get what it was i know what our job was our job was to you know sh- you know make them um but the guys like that guys like king guys like taker they understood that they didn't have to bump you a million times and other big guys, you know, sometimes that's all they wanted to do with like Ray or whatever, just bump him and bump him. Exactly. And, and that doesn't make any sense. If they're just bumping you and can't beat you, well then, you know, you're super, they're beat, they're making a Superman. So yeah. these guys understood the psychology and just working with those guys was just, you know, it, it was just it was such a pleasure, man. There's still two of my favorite yeah. opponents, you know, Batista guys are big guys like that. You know, it was really, it was great. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue Blue Chew. Chew. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Mm. That's what (laughs) you you want a strong, long lasting erection, right? Yes. Long lasting erection. Mm -hmm. And how? So Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. And that's yep. no lie, Nick. That's yeah. no lie, man. Like for me personally, um, Blue Chew, um, uh, if I paid for Blue Chew, uh, their full price, it's still way cheaper than... Uh, like my prescription for it. And I have great, I have great healthcare with sure. a great prescription plan. And uh, me personally, like even with the deductible, I still save more money using Bluetooth. 
Swear to God. Hmm. Yeah, because you no. you have you have a very specific uh, issue. Like you've broken. Can I, say I, this? I got a broken ding-a-ling, everybody. And so one of the one of the medications that like it's broken in two places. Um, yeah. How do yeah, you break that's, penis? Sex? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got Usually it. that's how it happens. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, no, and it's just like one of the medications they prescribe for me um, help you know get the blood flow going is uh, Cialis. So okay, that's why that's why I choose the Cialis uh, version of Blue Chew. Okay, so, yeah. good to know. Good to know. If I ever break my dick, which yes. is very possible, I have sex. You know, it's a lot more common than you think. Wow. Yeah, and it sucks. Okay. And, my ding dong looks like it has scoliosis right now. Okay, good to know. That's very. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure my wife's really. Happy well, that's awesome, me. man. So yeah, blue <laughs> here. Uh, you know, tablets obviously they're helping give everybody harder, stronger erections, which is what you want, right? And you can go yeah. offline to prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office. You don't have to go there and weirdly be like, "Hey, my I think my ding dong is broken." You know. Right? I get something for that. You bypass that conversation. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people are real shy. And they like, it's really hard for a lot of people to talk about this type of stuff. Like, oh, I just yeah. don't care, man. I'll talk about just about anything. So, but I get it, man. Like, and you know, um, you know, I, I, I'm not reading up the, uh, the notes right now, but I knew, I know they do send, send it to you in discreet packaging. Oh, so like, yeah. you know, the mailman doesn't know you got erectile dysfunction issues. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's not a box that shows up and says broken dick, yeah. right? That's yeah. not that's not how that goes. No, I yeah. mean, you know, they you go up, you sign, you you sign up over at bluechew.com, you consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved, you get your prescription within a couple days and it's all done online. It's great. Yep. Yep. The blue, the blue choose licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills. No problem here. No problem here, Nick. Nope. Yep. Blue choose sildenafil and Tadelafil. Let me say that again. Sildenafil and Tadelafil. Tablets are chewable. Nailed it. And they're made in the USA. And they prepare and ship uh, directly, so of course it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And made in the oh, USA. Oh, wow. I didn't know they were made in the USA. Oh yeah. All oh, right on. All American voters. Um, <laughs> you want your flag to fly at full mast come Fourth of July? That's all I'm saying. My flagpole goes like this. <laughs> um, Anyways, so if you could benefit from a little extra confidence, go to bluechew.com. And uh, there's more details and important safety information you'll take in there. Yep. Yep. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code PRO. It's promo code PRO, P-O-R, P-O-R. Sorry. Promo code PRO, P-R-O, not P-O-R. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code PRO to receive your first month free. And we thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this show uh, and for all the support you've given to the pro wrestling industry. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, it's time for the segment when I get interviewed uh, by 
various uh, journalists and host of other shows. Uh, today, uh, honored to have with us uh, Busted Opens, Dave LaGreca. What's up, man? How are you, man? This is an honor to be on your show. I can't believe this. This is awesome. No, uh, it's cool. I just like like I've been wanting to do this for a while. Uh, you know, now that uh, Nick like Nick had the same idea, so um, so now we're doing it. <laughs> hey, man. To work with Nick, you got to be the most patient person on the face of the earth, man. More, more or less. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, same goes with me, okay. actually. But hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And and on and Dave, I appreciate um, always being good to me, being very supportive of everything uh, on your show. Uh, means a lot. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan. And and one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is probably a moment in time that at that moment I was angry and frustrated that you were involved in was April 27th, 1998. And that's the DX invasion of WCW. Cause I, everybody who listens to busted open knows this. I'm an old school NWA guy. So I became yeah. a WCW guy. So when there was that Monday night war, even though everybody watched anything everywhere, you know, yeah. anyway, um, I was, I was a WCW guy. So when you guys invaded, nitro like that that was kind of like the death knell that was like the wake-up call like things are starting to slide here yeah wwf's direction did you feel that way too when we got back from that uh and we like when we got back we got back just in time for the for, for raw to start yeah uh, we showed up and we almost went right from just getting back right into an in-ring segment when we're still wearing the camouflage stuff and everything this is my memory of it and we did the we did the uh, in ring segment, killed it. And I remember Hunter looking at me and saying, "This is tide tide just turned." Wow, that and, and it really it, as a fan for me, it really felt that way too. So that's why I was interested to find out if you felt that way. Oh. And one thing about it, going to you know, it was in Virginia, the the scope in Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, yeah. and having all those fans like here you are. You're the you're on the opposing team, so to speak. This is like you know a Washington fan going to Dallas and throwing you know in your face that we're winning the game. Yeah. But the fans, it seemed like watching it on TV that the fans embraced that you were there. Well, because we were right there, right in front of them, right. And you know, I mean, we're they're wrestling fans. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe they like WCW better or whatever, but they're caught up in the moment and want to be part. You know, cameras looking at them. And you know how that goes, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it, we were very fortunate that we had, that we didn't have hostile uh, fans outside. Yeah, it didn't yeah. seem like that at all. As, as a matter of fact, you know, you and Triple H were getting people to say that WCW sucked as yeah. they're waiting online yeah. to go to a WCW yeah. event. So that was really surreal. So we, um, uh, and we also got them to say they got their tickets for free because there yeah. was a, on the on the marquee, there was another there was another event that was taking place at the was it the scope or were we at the scope? Oh, no, they were at the scope. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, so that event they were giving away free tickets and it said free admit free tickets, and so we had them splice the WCW and the free tickets thing together to make it look like they couldn't sell tickets. Was there any fans at all there that were like anti DX or anti WWF? Was there like anybody that started kind of like some drama with you? No, no, nothing, nothing. I mean, everyone was like, like you saw, 
Yeah. I mean, we didn't, there was, there was nothing that like, like, no confrontational, no one saying we suck, no one, nothing like that. No one defending WCW. They just want to be part of the show. That's, that's crazy. When you're planning it, and, and again, you know, this is an iconic moment. This is a moment here we are, you know, well over 20 years later that people still talk about. And if you were to make a list of, you know, top 10 raw moments, this is going to be on that list all time of one of the greatest moments in raw history. Um, what, leading up to it, did you were you afraid of like that there was going to be some kind of people out there to stop you from from it happening or anything like that? You know, I don't remember anyone even bringing up uh, what might happen once we do this. Like the, the the thing is though, is they didn't just tell us this is what you're doing. They brought us in, and it was like a serious conversation about it and asked us if we were willing to do it because I mean, let's face it. That's a big thing. I mean, especially yeah. like, you know, I, I mean, nothing like that had ever happened before. And, um, you know, WCW is the only other viable, uh, uh, em- employer as far as you want to go make good money. And, you know, we're taking a chance on burning our bridges there. Yeah, no, for you know? sure. And you're right, you couldn't, there was, that was the only time that there was anything that was even comparable right. to the WWF. And, you know, that's one thing, and, and I'm not knocking the current product, because obviously I talk about it every day on Busted Open, mm-hmm. but just having that creative freedom to be able to do what you guys were able to do and live in that moment with everything so dissected now, and with everything mm-hmm. kind of probably overproduced, I don't know if you could ever you know, replicate that moment again, that what you were able to do in 98. No, no. I mean, you know, you saw, you saw like the, the young bucks and, and them. like, I thought that was, I thought that was smart of them to do that. Yeah. But it, it was, you know, it had already been done. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big deal. Like, I mean, I take my hat off to those guys for doing it, you know, but it had already, it was, it was already done. It was something we already done. Yeah. And it's hard in pro wrestling to do something that's unique and original because, like you said, things have been done and overdone throughout the, the decades and the generations, but you can never duplicate what you were able to do in the tank that day. And the one thing, I and I went back and watched it before talking to you about it today, the one thing that didn't strike me at the time but strikes me now is how serious during that entire segment China was. Like she never yeah. drew a character. She never smiled. Yeah. yeah, like everybody at some point was kind of breaking a smile or kind of breaking character a little bit. The entire segment, she had that same face on throughout beginning to end. Yeah, you couldn't get her <clears throat> when she when she was on the job when you know uh camera was rolling or like in a live event, you couldn't get her to. You couldn't get her to break character, crack a smile, nothing. Because people would try. Oh, yeah? Really? Oh, yeah. On house shows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do it. That's amazing. That's amazing to me. Um, when when you had that moment happen, and then you went back to Raw that night, and you mentioned yeah. about your boys saying the tide is turning, did you feel it even in the crowd? Did you feel the momentum start to turn? Like, that was the moment where it's like, if you had to pick that one moment, and most people say, like, the Mick Foley championship win is, like, kind of what turned do you feel it was that day in the tank absolutely that was that was the moment now okay the the mick foley title change um took you know took advantage of that momentum mm-hmm. you know 
I don't know if I'm saying it right. But no, no, was, yeah, for sure. Um, but to me, like, I'm pretty sure that was the the real moment. That okay, tides turning. I, I I just that was it, man. You know, and the thing is, like, you didn't you didn't ask me about this, but it was it was it's been in my head since we started talking about this. Okay. Um, we uh, like I wanted to go down the tunnel first, so we could actually get in the building. You know, and I didn't say that because Bruce Pritchard was there and he was kind of producing everything. And, mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm pretty sure, like, looking back on it, uh, they didn't want us getting in the building. <laughs> WWE didn't, you know, because yeah. we could have. We could have. We could have. We could have walked in the front door, you know, because like the people like the taking tickets or whatever, you know, they just thought we were part of the show. I mean, we could have had them open the doors up for us and let us in. They probably <laughs> wouldn't have known any better. That's amazing yeah. because when you're, when you're watching it, it actually added to the mystique of it because people watching it on TV thought that you were being prevented from going in. So yeah. it's almost like you played it perfectly by not going in because yeah. that kind of just added, like, these are people to be feared. We can't have yeah. them coming in there. They're the enemy. Yeah. And, and another great moment there, too, is with, you know, obviously Scott Hall and Kevin Nash being a part of WCW, like, you guys chanting, like, let my people go. Yeah, and, and and fans of WCW are chanting, "Let my people go!" As and they're paying to see Paul yeah. Nash that night on Nitro. It's 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 phenomenal. Well, that goes back to my when I first showed the you know the first night I showed up back after WrestleMania 14, and you know in my in ring promo, I said you know Scott Hall and Kevin Nash would be right here if they weren't being held hostage yeah. by WCW. And we got sued over all that. And during the deposition, the, the, their lawyer asked, you know, well, why'd you say that? And I just told him the truth. I said, well, I was talking to Kevin and Scott the night before, and they said it would be a good idea. And he was like, oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. And that's true. Yeah, 100% true. So when you look at that moment, and listen, all the moments from DX – how much, how much planning did you put into it? Like how much conversations did you have or did, did most of this just happen on the fly? Yeah. It, it, it was like that, Dave, like, you know, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to show up and we'll do something like this. And, but we just went out and did it, you know, um, we just felt everything and just kind of went with the flow and, you know, um, yeah, everything was organic. Uh, even like, you know, like not, not to skip around it, but like when we did the the vignettes in New York City, mm-hmm. we just we needed time to fill. Like some, I can't remember what happened, but like one of the episodes was like twenty minutes short, or maybe five minutes short, something like that. And they needed time to fill, so we just went down. We didn't plan anything. We just walked around New York City, and you know, filmed. Our, you know, they filmed us being dipshits. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. And I guess you probably heard this a lot, especially during that period. But for you personally, did you kind of feel like a rock star at that time? Like 97, 98, just like, like I'm the man, I'm like, you felt like a star. Yeah. And, and that started honestly, when I went to WCW, because, you know, I had the notoriety, one, two, three kid, WWF, all that. But when I went to WCW and joined the NWO, that was that first taste of like some of that rock star, big, uh, mainstream celebrity feel, right? And wow, man, 
That was amazing. So yeah, and that just cared. Like for me, it grew. It, it grew even bigger for me personally when you know when uh, when I was with DX. Yeah, and and yeah. you know, like I'm a big football fan. So if you go to a Giants game, obviously not right now with the pandemic, but when things open back up, like when you go to a Giants game. People still wear the 56 jersey for Lawrence Taylor, even though he hasn't played in 30 years. Right. Like, it doesn't matter where in the world you go to. You go into an arena, you're going to see an NWO shirt, and you're going to see a DX shirt. Like, or, or maybe even one with both on it. Yeah, well, that, yeah. <laughs> you got one, you score one with the DX and NWO. Like, and that's the other thing, too, man. Like, like dude, you're in both. Like, you are in two of the most iconic factions in the history yeah. of wrestling. Like, like I, that's a, that's unbelievable to me. Like, because people talk about which one's better NWO or DX. Like you, you were involved in both of them. Like, yeah, it's so, they're they so both, they're both pretty great. I mean, dude. let's be honest. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I probably lean towards NWO, but I think more people, if you put up a poll, more people would probably lean towards DX. But man, it was just that time. Yeah. It's such a special time in the history of pro wrestling. Like, did you think, and I know this is a crazy question, but did you think in 2021, here we would be talking about DX and NWO all these years later? You know, back then, I didn't really project that far into the future. You know, I was really enjoying living in the moment, man, because the moment was amazing. Every moment back then was amazing, man. It was like most incredible time of my life. You know, I can uh, I can imagine. And yeah. you want to know something, dude? And I want to thank you. It was a wonderful time in my life to be able to watch you do what you do. Because yeah. as a wrestling fan, especially at my age at that time, like it was just it was it was perfect. And it was such a mature product at that time. It, it creatively, it connected the dots. Yeah. It had the cliffhangers where you wanted to watch each and every week. Like, I want to thank you for that special time for me as a pro wrestling fan because it's iconic. I was, man, I was just honored to be a part of it. You know, like, I know that sounds kind of cliche, like stock answer to say to something like that. But, man, it's the truth. Because all I ever wanted to do was just be in, be in, pro wrestling i wanted to be a pro wrestler even if it was the guy you know jerking the curtain you know i would have yeah. been grateful for that just to be a part of the show man and so like to have done the things that i i've done uh and be and the things i've been a part of and the people uh the, the icons that i've rubbed shoulders with and been in the ring with that were heroes and, and idols of mine growing up you know i mean Man, I, nothing better, man. My life is amazing, even with all the crazy stuff that you know, you know, like the dozen years or so I wandered around in the darkness. Like, um, I just, man, I have an amazing life. It's yeah, but dude, those, those dark times make those other times that much sweeter, right? You oh, know, and and yeah. especially you got to go through those, you know, those losses, and all, you got to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win. So. Yeah. You know, I'm a better I'm a better person now. I'm a yeah, way better person now, I promise you. That's just life, man. And to go back to that moment, like in you know, in Virginia, you know, with the tank, 
Like you just said, you lived in the moment. Like everything yeah. was like in the moment. You weren't thinking of the ramifications or thinking about how this was going to be historic. But right. when you were on that tank, no, that had to feel differently than any other DX moment for you when you were on that tank going to Nitro. Sure. Well, here's the funny thing. Um, in the the legend has it that, you know, in the way the story is told, we showed up with the tank. It was actually a Jeep with the Hollister cannon on it, <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, all, you know, um, tank sounds better. It does. It just sounds yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Have you ever heard the part where when we got, when we actually fired the cannon? Yeah. <laughs> and, and all the, like the fans are around and it's like, we're ready to fire the first shot. And we're waiting for this big, like, ready to, you know, cover my ears. It was like, Poof! Like a little little popcorn fart. <laughs> now, from from everything I hear too, and you'd be able to tell me different because I know you're all you know friends and everything else. From what I hear, WCW wrestlers were actually watching Monday Night Raw and laughing at what you guys were doing that night. I guess so. I because I you know um, on my on my first episode uh, of this new show, like uh, I was fortunate enough to talk to Nate. And he said, oh, he was loving it. He was loving it. And I'm glad that, like, a lot of people were because, you know, I mean, some people might have been, like, offended. Like, some of the boys, you know, could have been like, oh, this is making us look bad, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we didn't get confronted and uh, end up in a physical altercation with our colleagues, you know. Well, were you, were you ready for a physical altercation if it happened? I mean, I guess we would have had to have been, but it wasn't even a thought. I mean, we had Billy and, you know. Uh, Some badasses. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, but come on, man. We had, there was four of us. Five, you know, I mean, um, we would have been screwed if that would have been, like, if that would have happened. And and I'm guessing, too, it was kind of like a team effort, and that's a team that you'll always have for the rest of your life because of oh, what yeah. you were able to accomplish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like every every single one of them. Like, uh, I love them all to death, man. Uh, uh, Billy, but all Road Dog, uh, you know, everyone. Paul, just like I said, man. Like, and I said it in my DX Hall of Fame speech. It just was the time of my life, man. And I had it with it with them. Well, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. A member of NWO and DX in the Hall of Fame, man. So look at that, man. It's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. And again, April 27th, 1998. Thank you for that moment. Thank you for that memory. Look at this guy. He got sneakers and everything. <laughs> I got to get myself a pair. Dude, thank you, man. Thank you for making me a part of this show, man. Congratulations on the podcast. Thank you. I'm honored. To, like, like I said, when we first started this, man, honored to have you on. Thank you, man. Really it's am, been my man. honor, man. This has been a pleasure, man. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Tick Tack Toho. It, it was a massive hit last week, so we brought it back again. Uh, anyways, uh, now I'd like to introduce to y'all our contestants. First, he's coming to us all the way from Ireland. His name is Gerard Bose. Give it up for Gerard Bose, everyone. Great. What's up, Hi, Sean? Man? Great to be here. Uh, thanks for coming, <laughs> man. Hey, uh, thanks for inviting me. Oh, no, I'm happy to have you, man, especially all the way from Ireland. 
Uh, so everyone, Gerard right now is wearing one of homages, one, two, three kid shirts. Yeah. Uh, the yellow one that uh, some people might have seen me wear uh, on uh, Busted Open Radio. But anyways, it's a sweet ass shirt you got there. Thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit shy? <laughs> no, no. A little nervous? Maybe a bit, maybe a bit. All right. So, Great all right. Our next competitor. I believe he's coming to us from Chicago. Yeah, I'm actually positive of it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give a warm welcome to EJ Cameron. Hey. What's what up, man? Going? What's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> hey, I was correct, right? You're from Chicago? Yeah, I'm in Chicago right now. Right on. Hey, thank you for coming on, man. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Hey, so I'm not sure if you guys uh, watched last week's uh, edition of Tic Tac Toe Hold. I did, yeah, yeah. Did you? So you yeah, kind of understand. Yeah. Um, and some of the rules, like, we're kind of figuring out as we go, just to full lot. disclosure to everyone. Uh, yeah. But I think we got we got it down for the most part. Um, yeah. Hey, now let's uh, introduce everyone to the categories. All right. So uh, for anyone that didn't uh, watch last week's tic-tac-toe hold is basically like the old tic-tac-doe game uh, that Wink Martindale used to host when I was a kid. A lot of y'all are too young for that. But uh, so, yeah, um, let's introduce the categories now. Uh, first category in the uh, – uh, I'm going to be a little bit better at describing the board and everything for everyone that's just listening at home because it's a little bit more uh, – uh, video friendly. It is audio, so I'm gonna try to keep be mindful of that for y'all. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, the first category in the upper left hand space is mid '90s WWF, and in the upper middle square we have pot puree. Hope I pronounced that right. And in the upper right. Square, we have Degeneration Quiz. And on the left, how do I say this correctly? In the middle left square, we have one, two, three, six quiz. In the middle square, we have X-Pop Quiz. In the left middle square, we have World Championship Questions. In the bottom left, we have Attitude Exam. The bottom middle square, we have Sean Stumpers. And in the bottom right square, last but not least, we have new, new, new world questions. So, all right. You guys want to get going? Let's go, man. That is sounds right. good. Yeah. Hey, so uh, I think we're going to let Gerard start. Is that how it was? Did we decide that? Are we letting Gerard start, EJ? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Cool. Gerard, you know, I'll you, my friend. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Gerard, can you see the can you see the board? I can, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead and make your make your pick. I'll go for uh, X pop quiz. X pop quiz in the middle square. Middle square, yes. Okay. What was First of all, it says Xbox, but I don't like talking about myself in the third person, so forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> what was my first singles championship after arriving back in the WWF? It was the European title. 
Ding, 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 ding. Correct. Thank you. Sorry, I don't have the soundboard yet with all Sorry, the- Sorry, I haven't got that yet, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're no, gonna... like, natural, not natural. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. All right, EJ. Yo. What, what, uh, what make your pick? Uh, I'm gonna go with D-Generation Quiz. D-Generation Quiz in the upper right square. Okay. EJ, what year did the second iteration of DX officially dissolve? Mm. That's kind of a hard one. <laughs> Thanks. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, the second iteration, I'm going to say 2001. Eh, you were close. 2000, EJ. Damn, and that was my first. That was my first gut response. I should have stuck with it. Mm, sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Gerard. Back to make me. Your next, make your next pick. I'll go for mid nineties WWF. Mid nineties WWF in the upper right hand square. All right. Okay. Which woman? Defeated Alundra Blaze at the 1995 WWF SummerSlam for the WWF Women's Championship. That was Berta Faye. Ding, 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 ding. You got it. Damn, man. Thank you. Hey, EJ. I remember a time you and Hakushi. Hey, oh, yeah. No, really good match. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, from Pittsburgh. Yeah, I matched with, I, I really enjoyed that with uh, Hakushi. I don't know why I thought Alundra Blaze worked with Bull Nakano in that in that one. That was ninety four, so, I think. See, yeah, that's I, what I was thinking too. Good thing I didn't. Yeah, uh, right. That one. <laughs> yeah, some. Uh, so EJ, hey man, real quick, hey, I hear you're I hear you're a comedian. You work with sec, you do stuff with Second City. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah, on. We're supposed to be going back uh, next month, so whenever you're in town, let me know. Uh, hey, so. Um, I did a, not to get all off into the weeds, but like I was, put, I, I went to do this thing at Second City here in, in uh, uh, Hollywood. Yeah. And I was hosting. It was like an improv thing. And I thought all I had to do was host. So I ate like a couple hundred milligrams of edibles. And then they're like, want me to participate? It was so bad. And you know, like freaking Becky Lynch and a couple other people came to see me. They were out in the crowd and I was like, oh my God, this sucks so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, I've never been that bold. I've never been that bold. Uh, I've done it on shrooms before and that was a fun experience. We'll talk about Oh that. yeah, I could see doing that. Yeah, it was really and, fun. I really believed it. <laughs> oh my God. So anyways, EJ, uh, make your pick. All right, I got to do some defense here and go with a new, new, new world question. New, new, new world questions for the block in the bottom right square. Okay. EJ for the block. What WCW pay-per-view did Kevin Nash powerbomb Eric Bischoff off the stage at? Geez, some of these are hard, really hard. <laughs> 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 last year or last week they weren't as hard no 
there like, oh, damn, I should have smoked before this. I shit uh, on some of the, I shit on some of the questions last week. And now they made them really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, what day was it and how was the weather? Uh, all right. Right, exactly. I'm going to go with. This is bullshit. Uh, this is rigged. I, I know. I know. The game was never rigged for me to win, man. We'll this talk fucking, about it. <laughs> this game is fucking racist. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm going to go with uh, sold out. Great American Bash. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Damn, man. Man, I feel really bad about this. He's getting all the easy questions. He's getting all the hard. It's fine. No, I'm going to come back. This is um, yeah. going to be a Feel it. Hey, Gerard. I'll have to go new, new, new world Russians. Yeah. Sorry, EJ. No, right. no, you're going to be sorry, Gerard. <laughs> okay. Which wrestler played MWO Sting? Jeff Farmer. Ding, 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 ding. Correct. Gerard. Hey, so, like, are, hey, can somebody come in and let me know if we have time for round two? Because I feel really bad here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. if we want to do a round two, we can do a round two. This is fucking <laughs> bullshit, EJ. <laughs> Michael, do we have another game board? <laughs> Michael's not it yet. We're ready for a round two. If yeah. EJ's ready, because EJ didn't show up the first round. So All EJ. Right. All right. Let's... Oh, what happened to EJ? Oh, there he is. Yeah, so everyone that's listening at home, uh, if you might have guessed, EJ is black. Since I said <laughs> racist thing, everyone's, what? Anyways. Sorry, EJ. It's all right. It happens. All it's right. Bullshit. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, Gerard. All right. Hey, so I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to list uh, categories. Okay, everyone. In the next board, we have, in the upper left-hand square, we have attitude exam. In the upper middle square, we have X-pop quiz. In the upper right square, we have world championship questions. In the, in the middle right, uh, in the left middle square, we have mid-90s WWF. In the middle square, we have one, two, three, six quiz. In the middle right square, we have Sean Stumpers. In the bottom left, we have new, new, new world questions. In the bottom middle, we have degeneration quiz. And rounding them out in the bottom right-hand square, we have pot puree. All right. Hey, EJ. You yep. get to go first. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful nice of us. <laughs> Finally. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Pot Puri, please. Pot okay. Uh, Pot in the bottom right hand square. All right. Okay, pot puree. It's it's the 
The category is, if you might have guessed, uh, cannabis related. So, all right, EJ. What do you call a strain of weed that makes you tired? Oh, I'm going to have to go with indica, Sean. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> boom. My category. <laughs> boom, bitch. EJ on the board. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, should we? Man. Watch him get too confident now. I'm going to talk too much. <laughs> All right. Okay, so. Okay, you got the square. All right. Uh, Gerard, I will go for world championship questions. World championship questions. At least I can talk. Know what the hell I'm doing here? I'm very organized. Oh, there it is. Sorry. All right, Gerard. Here we go. Who was the final WCW champion in WCW? It was Booker T. You got it. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Cool. cool. Gerard got... EJ has the bottom right square, and Gerard has the upper right square. So, EJ, your turn. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with D-Generation Quiz. Generation quiz in the bottom middle square. Wow. Play the Benny Hill music. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who is the shortest member in Degeneration X history? Ha <laughs> uh, That's Hornswoggle. Boom! Ding, 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 ding! <laughs> EJ crushing it this in this is... round. Crushing it. Come back. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> Gerard, I'm assuming you're going to go for the block. I will, yeah, for new, new world questions. Gerard, new, new, new world questions for the block. True false. Scott Steiner was an original member of the NWO Wolfpack. That is false. Ding, 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 ding. For the block. Successful block by Gerard. Wow. Good job, Gerard. Yes, it is now. This is a highly competitive game we have going here. Okay. EJ. All right, uh, I'm going to go with Attitude Exam. Um, hey, EJ. Oh, yeah. EJ, are you? What's that? Oh, never mind. Man, yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm having a brain fart here. Um, I couldn't see who, who had which. Okay. Did you say Attitude Exam? Yeah. Okay. So you're not going to go for the block? Oh. Oh, I'm joking, man. This is why I'm talking. <laughs> God, my downfall as a child comes back to haunt me. What? I meant one, two, three, six, six, six quiz. 
I was joking. Yeah. I, I knew that. Right? I was, just, I, was just, I was just playing along with you. I was looking, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant, Gerard. All right. Here we go. All right. Oh, wow. All right. Here we go. Wow, these are tough. <laughs> All right. Okay, EJ. What were two of the names I went by in the ring before becoming one, two, three kid? Oh, crap. Uh... You remember my original name? Isn't it Lightning Kid? Okay, that's one. Oh. And all, now all you have to do is remember one of those names that I used while I was getting squashed by Doink and uh, and Mr. Curtis Hughes. Hughes. Yeah. I want. All right. I'm gonna go with my gut here. My soul. It says Pegasus Kid. No, I'm sorry, ah. EJ. Yeah, no. Cannonball. Like uh, one one of them was Cannonball Kid. Uh, Kamikaze kid. Yeah, and when I worked, when I wrestled Scott, it was the kid. The kid. Damn. I'm sorry, EJ. No, I'm sorry. I let you down. I, 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 <laughs> I've been trying to stack the deck for you. <laughs> okay, Gerard. I, I got to go one, two, three, six, because sorry, EJ. Well, I might get it, so I don't want to be too overcome. Yeah, don't get too tacky, Gerard. I, I don't no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Okay, Gerard. Who was the one, two, three kids? Okay, for the win, by the way. Who was the one, two, three kids final WWF match against? Was it Mark Merrill? That's a really, really good guess. And honestly, I probably would have guessed that too. But <laughs> wrong. Appar apparently it was. Apparently it's. it's apparently it was Savio Vega. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that she say apparently. You're like apparently. apparently. I can't remember, but <laughs> you know, it was a little sketchy. <laughs> time. All right. Cool. EJ. Cool. All right, I'm gonna take it back to the one, two, three, six quiz for the black. For the block. All right. Okay. So EJ, for the block. Uh, you familiar with you're familiar with the infamous curtain call? Yes. Okay. The question is, was I involved in the curtain call? No. Ding, 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 ding. Successful. Blocked by EJ, baby. Yeah. Still in the game. Yeah. A, a lot of people, like, I still got the heat for it, even though I wasn't there. So, Guilty like, by association. Yeah. Like, I was actually in rehab at the time. My very first stint in rehab. Very successful one, by the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, so, 
have Gerard. to go for the block again. Uh, X pop quiz. X pop quiz. Oh wait a minute! You can. EJ, EJ like his guts. He could. He could He's, win it. He, yeah. he could win the whole thing here, yeah. Uh, I'll go X-Pop quiz either way anyway. I hope okay. he gets the next one wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Gerard, who did I win the WWE Tag Team Championships with twice? Kane. Ding, 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 ding. Correct. For the block, but you still got a chance. Still, here. still vulnerable. Yeah. All right, all right, ha. all right. Here we go. Sean for the win, the definite win. I'm gonna talk my trash. The definite win. I'm gonna go with attitude <laughs> down. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the possible win. Okay. EJ, for the win, what was the name of the stable that was formed when Vince McMahon and The Undertaker aligned? Hmm. Huh. Psych, I know this one. It's the corporate. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. For the win, the winner, EJ. So we, it's one to one. Hey, maybe we could come back. Like you guys could come back again or something <laughs> uh, for the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there are no losers today, folks. Everyone's a winner. We're all winners. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey. Like the uh, winners throw a rumble or something. Hey, first, first, real quick. Hey, Gerard. Hey, can you tell everyone where to find you on social media and, and things like that? Anything you want to plug? Uh, I don't have that much really. Um, I'm just on YouTube. Uh, Eyes of Rust is my name on that. It's just kind of like a lot of concert footage and stuff like that. Say that again. <laughs> it's it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, Eyes of Rust. Eyes of Rust. Rust. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like rust? just like stuff from yeah, like Rust. Yeah, it's it's like, uh, uh, just stuff from uh, footage I shot at, like right on concerts mainly. Okay, cool, man. Hey Gerard, thank you so much for uh, for it's. Probably, I don't know what time it is there, but it's probably uh, not. It's it, it's well, it's not too late. It's half eleven now. All right. I don't well, anyways, thank you, Gerard. It's cool. I really well, appreciate you coming me. on, man. Really cool. Really cool. To see you. Congratulations on the whole thank thing. Thank you, man. Hey and EJ. Hey, can will you plug uh, plug your stuff? Tell everyone what uh, what you got going on, social media, all that. Uh, gladly. Uh, yeah, find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Cam, C-A-M 19. Uh, Instagram, I'm E-Z-Jesus 19. <laughs> That's with four E's and then a Z and then two E's, J, three E's, Z-U-S 19. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Uh, check me out. I'm doing stuff online, secondcity.com. Check yeah. it out if you want. And yeah. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Thank you, man. Hey, I appreciate. Hey, I really appreciate both of you guys coming on, and uh, I hope y'all had a good time, man. That was like great said, fun. Yeah, yeah, it's still a work in progress. Dude, this no, is no, great. Just the fact that I'm talking to you is such a big deal. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm playing is super cool, but this is huge. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, there you have it for this week's edition of Tic Tac Toe Hold. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again to this episode of Pro Wrestling for Life. Hey, um, I want to thank Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Dave LaGreca for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. And uh, um, what we have coming up next week, Nick? Well, um, as you alluded to at the top of the show, yeah, next week we have a huge guest on the show. Someone I don't think that you thought was actually going to do this interview for whatever reason. But we have the uh, total package. Lex Luger is going to be in the house. You guys are going to be talking about your time in WCW, a lot of other stuff. And yes. uh, and and we're going to have Fightful Sean Ross Sapp on here uh, next week as well, talking to you about uh, when you when you uh, brought one two three kid back and you uh, you worked in Ch- Chikara there for a little bit with Sami Zayn. That'll be an interesting combo. Now and of yeah. course and of course the finals of Tic Tac Toe Hold between EJ and Gerard will go down. Yes. The big showdown, the big tic-tac-toe-hold showdown between EJ Cameron and Gerard Bowes. Uh, yeah. So if you, uh, <laughs> if you want to be considered as a contestant for tic-tac-toe-hold or you want to find out about more things Sean is doing uh, that are fun engagement things for fans, if you want to watch all of the Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty archives, or we're getting there. They should all be up here by the end of the month. It's a process. It's a whole ton of video. But they're all getting moved over there. Uh, of course, the ad-free version of this show in video and, and audio form um, and, and so much more. It's only five bucks. It's the kid level. Go over to pay, uh, patreon.com slash pro rest for life. We have a we have a pro wrestling tease store. We have at pro rest for life over on Twitter. Um, we're going to get the Instagram going. Uh, and of course, if you are listening to the show and you want to watch and you want to see what Tic Tac Toehold listen or look like, you want to see what Sean's like when he's talking to his guests, uh, youtube.com slash xpoc uh that is the place to go to uh to subscribe and we're going to at the top of next month sean so uh the full-length rick flair interview that is available in the patreon right now uh for subscribers after uh-huh. a month lapses we're going to start adding those to the youtube channel so you'll be able to get starting at the top of next month the full video version of the show and a full interview will drop there each week as well so two, two uh, big good content. yeah wonderful nice. thank All you right. yeah that's good i did I that appreciate- right I appreciate you, Nick. I appreciate we appreciate You're on top you. of shit. Uh, most days I try. I don't know. <laughs> did, you, did you get my text? I was on. I was on Peacock this morning. And uh, one, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And you're gonna be on um, Peacock tonight. You know. Yes. Tonight. Yes. It's been a good little right. day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nick. Thank yeah. you, man. No problem. No I problem. Appreciate everything. Hey, everybody. Uh, hopefully, we see you right here next week on Pro Wrestling for Life.